Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 5 called Let My People Go. Let my people go. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, verse 2, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Now, can you imagine Moses, Aaron? You've mustered up the courage. Finally, you get there. God's done a lot of things. You've made your share of excuses. You get there, and you go, let my people go. Maybe you're feeling a little extra power and authority. Aaron is the first one that speaks it right. And you think, okay, here it is. Surely he's going to release his clutches from them, and we're out of here. But God told him, no, he's not going to let the people go. There's going to be, I'm going to do my wonders. This is going to be a battle. But, you know, sometimes we think we are in that instant society, right? It's got to happen now. Do they still have the clocks at the fast food restaurants? Do you remember when they put the clocks out? And uh, I was waiting for my burrito. And if it passed like the two-minute mark, I was like, what in the world are they doing in that kitchen? Instant. What, they go to Mexico to get that burrito? (laughs) Anyway, who is the Lord? Do you know that who is the Lord, verse 2, is the central question of the Exodus? And it's the question that Jesus asked. Who do you say that I am? And Jesus said that, and that's Matthew 16, 15, at a place called Caesarea Philippi, right in front of a huge rock structure called, get this, the rock of the gods. And it had these little cutout places. You can see it in Israel today, in the northern part of Israel. Cutout places where they would put figurines that represented false gods and goddesses. And right there at the rock of the gods, Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? And on this rock of false religion, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Do you believe it? And to the religious leaders, Jesus said, unless you believe that I am taking that divine name from Exodus 3 that we studied earlier, you will die in your sin. What's at stake here is not what God you choose to help you on the journey of life. It's whether or not you choose the true and living God or a false God, or in this case, many false gods with a small g. In Exodus 7, 4, and 5, when Pharaoh will not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my hosts, my people, Exodus 7, 4, the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt by great judgments, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. How many times in our Bibles does God say, and then you will know that I am the Lord? This is the central question of life. Sometimes in the modern age, we get the idea that people think, you know what, whatever you choose to follow sincerely, what's most important is just if you're sincere. If you're sincere about what you believe, if it's your truth, that's wonderful, is it? You can be sincerely wrong, 
I was having a conversation with someone recently, and this person said, you know, this, this uh, uh, individual was trying to share with me, and this person basically said, I believe that every religion is true. And all you have to say to somebody is, look, if you have two belief systems that contradict one another, so for example, Eastern religions, Hinduism and the like, teach that you live over and over and over again, multiple lives, uh, and then uh, basically, hopefully you get off the wheel of reincarnation. The Christian faith says it's appointed to a man to die once, and after this comes what? Judgment. They both can't be true. They contradict one another. That's not logical. They can both be false in logic, but they both can't be true. And so that's what people tend to do in our world, and it's popular. This word approach to spirituality is popular in our day, but it's deadly. In fact, it's the central issue of the world, really, and, and history that has passed us to this point. The world has not been largely atheistic. The world has had problems with idolatry and false gods and goddesses. Let me give you an example. Turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians. Let me show you just a, a couple of verses here. Paul's dealing with the Corinthian church, and they lived in a setting of uh, the pantheon of Greek gods and goddesses, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This also connects with this idea of taking the Lord's Supper. And... Uh, Look at verse 14 with me in 1 Corinthians 10. Paul writing to the Corinthian church. They were obviously a church. They're believers. And he says, therefore, 1 Corinthians 10, 14, my beloved flee from what? Idolatry. I speak as to wise men. You judge what I say. Is not the cup of blessing, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? It's not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ. Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Look at the nation of Israel. In the first uh, 13 verses, it was all about the wilderness wanderings. So he's pointing back to this, and he says, Look at the nation of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices sharers in the altar? What do I mean then? That a thing sacrificed to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No. But I say that the things with which the Gentiles sacrifice, this, you could just say unbelievers, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I don't want you to become a sharer, sharers in demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We're not stronger than he, are we? All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. You can see that this is not just an Old Testament issue, back to Exodus chapter 5. It's a New Testament issue. It's a contemporary issue for us. The idols look different in these days, but the concept is the same. And if an idol is anything, and look, an idol is a man-made, you know, in the, in the Old Testament sense, uh, a statue, you know, something that people would worship like the, the stars or the oceans or a river, uh, so in that case, it might not be man-made, but, but we understand the idea of a statue or, you know, a, a stone, you know, uh, uh, table or something like that. And so 
Paul says, look, those things are just man-made. It's just a statue. But if anything is behind it, it is demonic. And this is where the enemy moves in our world. And it's a very contemporary issue. Who is the Lord, right? This is the central question that should be asked, and it's a great question, that I should obey his voice, Exodus 5.2, to let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Now, this is a new Pharaoh, but is it true that he doesn't know who the Lord is? Do you think that anybody who lives in Goshen among the Israelites has made known who the Lord is? You know, there's an argument from Romans 1. I won't go there. But here's, you can write this down for your notes. This is Romans 1, 19 and following. And the argument that Paul makes is that the whole world knows who God is from the internal witness of being made in his image and having his commandments written on our hearts, our conscience bears witness to that, and the external reality of what's been made, listen, so that men and women are without excuse. So you can presuppose when you talk to somebody that people already know that there's a God. They're without excuse just by what has been made. They have an external and internal witness. And God says they're inexcusable just from that. And so does the Pharaoh know? Do you think he's ever had a moment when he looks at a statue that's formed like half bird and half man and thinks to himself, this is nonsense. I know the guy who made this thing. (laughs) Do Do you ever think that Israel had a moment where they stood before a wooden, you know, image and thought, you know, a craftsman cut that down and shaped that in his basement or in his garage? Do you think... At some point, the Pharaoh, who was supposed to be the high priest of all the religions of Egypt, by the way, and even worshipped as a god, do you think that he realized he wasn't a god? I think I'd realize every day when I wake up and brush my teeth. I'm not looking too godlike today. <laughs> Walter Martin famously said, but more people than you can shake, it, shake a stick at Shave their God every morning. And not to leave the ladies out, curl her hair. (laughs) And if you pause for a second and think about it, this is the core of the problem. It is idolatry in myself. Anybody got control issues out there? (laughs) Do you know that Much of our men's conference moved in this direction yesterday. We were talking about storms and God being the only true anchor. And Pastor Jeremy said, an anchor is only as good as what it's anchored to. And a lot of great points were coming out. But ultimately, here here was kind of the sub point of the day. We all have control issues. We like to be in control. And storms make us out of control. And then that's when we have to look to God and realize that we need him. We can't do it alone. Every one of you are going to run into a storm that's bigger than you. And hopefully the last year has shown all of us that. And so I'm going to have to move much more rapidly. (laughs) It's a realization that I just had. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series is called Trick or Treat, The Origins of Halloween. But we also shouldn't look sideways at Christians who take their kids to Christian alternative uh, celebrations or even go door-to-door in a Superman costume. We need to chill out. They're not practicing the ancient festival of Druidism. And this is Awen. They're dressed as Superman getting candy. Okay? The holiday has become largely secular. We all know that. Most Americans have no clue of anything I've told you this morning. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com. Or you can subscribe and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Walter Martin famously said, but more people than you can shake it, shake a stick at, shave their God every morning. And not to leave the ladies out, curl her hair. And if you pause for a second and think about it, this is the core of the problem. It is idolatry in myself. Anybody got control issues out there? (laughs) Do you know that much of our men's conference moved in this direction yesterday? We were talking about storms and God being the only true anchor. And Pastor Jeremy said, an anchor is only as good as what it's anchored to. And a lot of great points were coming out. But ultimately, here here was kind of the sub point of the day. We all have control issues. We like to be in control. And storms make us out of control. And then that's when we have to look to God and realize that we need him. We can't do it alone. Every one of you are going to run into a storm that's bigger than you. And hopefully the last year has shown all of us that. And so I'm going to have to move much more rapidly. (laughs) It's a realization that I just had. But he says, I'm not letting them go. Is that enough? Is it enough for someone to say, I don't know who the Lord is and, and I'm not going to obey his voice? Is that enough? It's not enough for the Pharaoh. It's not going to get him off the hook. He's going to face 10 plagues. And he can make all the excuses that he wants, and so can our friends and family, right? I don't know who the Lord is. I I don't care. I didn't grow up in church. I I don't. But does that get us off the hook? Are are we good? Is our so-called ignorance enough? But was Pharaoh really ignorant? I, I told you in Romans 1 that there's an argument that everybody knows. Everybody deep down knows the truth. And Pharaoh's going to have a, he's going to have an awakening. He's about to meet the God that he says he doesn't believe in. And then they said, the God of the Hebrews, verse 3, Exodus 5, has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord, the Lord, our God. 
lest he fall upon us, and I think this could include the Pharaoh, but if we don't obey him, pestilence and sword. This is not a negotiation. This is not a promise to come back. This is simply saying God is holy and we need to obey him. And what good would a dead workforce do for you anyway, Pharaoh? But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Get back to your labors. Why are you drawing the people away from building my buildings? From doing my will? I'm God here, and you're a distraction. The people need to get back to work, back to work. Romans 6, 4 through 7 says, Therefore, we've been buried with him, Christ, through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Romans 6, 4 through 7. For if we have been, become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. The enemy says, get back to work. Get back to your labors. Don't be thinking about freedom. Don't be thinking about that you could actually be free and worship me. Oh, no, 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 no. Get back to work. Get back to your religious work. Get back to thinking that you got to do all this stuff to please me and be in good standing. Get back to your old vices. What are you thinking, man? Get back to your slavery, to sin. Strong image of how Satan schemes against us. Pharaoh said, look, again, Pharaoh said, look, five, the people of the land are now many. You would have them cease from their labors. So the same day, verse six, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters, over the people and their foremen, saying, you are no longer to give the people straw to make bricks as previously. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. That same day, the Pharaoh said, you're distracting the people, and now you're going to make bricks with no straw. No straw for you. Anyway, that was a veiled reference to an old TV show. No straw for you. <laughs> what? Straw is huge to holding the bricks together. It's a key component. Why would the Pharaoh do this? Won't that make the people less efficient in their work for him? But that's not the main issue here. The main issue is to add burdens, it's to distract. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and in me you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Cast your burdens to the Lord because he cares for you. Jesus doesn't add burdens. He removes them, but the enemy loves to add burdens. Look, if you got burdens coming on your shoulders left and right, you may want to revisit what you believe. Do you know some of the wonderful people that I've met in non-Christian cults live under constant burdens and fears because they've been told by false organizations that unless you meet this standard, you're not going to heaven. Meet what standard? Their standard, which essentially usually means their power and their money. 
But that's not Jesus. Jesus lifts burdens. He doesn't add them. He wants you to follow him, no doubt, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the malevolent Pharaoh, a type of Satan. Now I'm going to add to your, to your burdens. But the quota of bricks, eight, which they were making previously, you shall impose on them. You are not to reduce any of it because they are lazy. They're a bunch of slackers. Therefore, they cry out, let us go sacrifice to our God. There's the Pharaoh. Bunch of babies. All they do is whine. Pharaoh's not far off here because they're going to whine in the desert too, but uh, that's another story. (laughs) One writer says, in a classic case of blame the victim, the Pharaoh justifies his tyranny. You're lazy. That's your problem. You ever heard that voice before? Trying to get right with God? Trying to remove burdens, maybe simplify your life? And then you hear a voice say, you're a bunch of, you're a lazy whiner. All the way home. (laughs) You're like, oh, maybe I am. Maybe I am a slacker. What do you want, more vacation time? I've given you two days in the last five years. Corporate America. You got to work 55 hours a week to even be considered around here. Vacation? What's a vacation? I need a vacation. (laughs) No, you're not getting a vacation. I don't think you're working hard enough. In fact, let the labor be heavier. Nine on the men. Let them work at it that they may pay no attention to false words. Oh, is he crafty? Did God really say the serpent, you know, possessed by Satan in Genesis chapter 3? Oh, don't listen. He's calling God a liar. Ooh-wee. You're going to get his. <laughs> you don't call, call God a liar. Do you know that uh, Shennacherib, the leader of the Assyrian nation, when they were threatening Judah, He said, do not let, Isaiah 37, 10, let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Oh, don't believe the lies of your God. Maybe you have somebody in your life like that. Oh, you went to, and and your pastor said, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be very careful, my friend, because... God will be proved true in all men liars. You've been listening to Let My People Go, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus Chapter 5. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, today is Halloween, and we have a very special Halloween alternative. It's called Harvest Fest. 
It's our 11th annual Harvest Fest. We usually have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that come through during the evening, kind of in waves. And they come because it is a safe environment for the kids. Lots of candy. Folks do dress up. We just ask that you don't dress up anything scary. Um, we enjoy food vendors, inflatables, games, fellowship. We're going to have music. We're going to preach the gospel. We're just going to enjoy the evening and celebrate the greatest joy on earth. Now that's happening tonight at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, 5.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And it's just a, a great place to come. I would love to meet you if you're part of our listening family, which you obviously are if you're listening. And uh, it's great for all the family and the kids. Hey, information and driving directions are available when you go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab. If you have any questions that we can help you with, it's always 844-48-TRUTH. Now, we've been telling you about something we're doing special on the subject of Halloween. It's called Trick or Treat, The Origins of Halloween. This is a mini-sode, a podcast And it's called A Step Closer. Now, A Step Closer is an additional layer of our radio podcast ministry of Walk in Truth. And it's just intended to get you a little bit closer, a little bit more knowledge of our Lord and Savior, a little bit more insight into special topics. And you can always find it on your favorite podcast app or by going to walkintruth.com. That's Trick or Treat, The Origins of Halloween on A Step Closer favorite podcast app or walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter five called Let My People Go. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.